I really sincerely believe that when we share and we open up our mouths about what, what we've gone through and what we're going through, it helps to heal other people. I believe God put us on the earth to impact the world, to use our gifts and talents to impact the world in a positive way. Welcome to the What Next Podcast, hosted by Sean Reed, where we pay it forward through conversations. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey to discover what's next for you. Felicia, how is your mental health today? It's wonderful. Wow, that's a great question. My mental health is good. Um, good thing I check in with myself often. Um, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? So you um, ask yourself those questions mm-hmm, I do. daily or like multiple times a day? Multiple times a day. I mm-hmm. check in. Um, and I find that to be important because sometimes I go, and I'll speak for myself from my perspective, I will feel a particular kind of way and I'm not sure why I'm feeling that way. And so, so that I don't have that happening too often, I check in with myself, why am I feeling this way? What just happened? You know, what has changed that caused my attitude to change, right? Um, so yeah, so my mental health as of now, at this <laughs> moment, is good. <laughs> Were you always somebody who checked your mental health or did you develop this over time just de- based on situations? Yeah, no, I developed it over time and I developed it because I'm a coach, I think. Okay. Um, I think uh, before, have you ever had a feeling where you just don't feel right and you don't know why you don't feel right? Like All the time. Something happened because something happened. And because we're so accustomed to, to just keep going and not dealing. So it, it's kind of tucked behind something. And then it comes up in the, our mood and how we snap, snap at people or, you know, stuff like that. So um, over time, and I tell you actually what muscle, why I started to exercise that muscle. Um, I suffer or realized and was diagnosed with anxiety disorder. So in in high school, I would hyperventilate before an extreme mm. situation. Uh, when I in my first job, I remember I, I don't even know what was causing me to be anxious. Um, that it me to the doctor, and the doctor literally gave me an injection to calm. Okay. Made their own, and so understanding that and understanding how to manage that made me more conscious and more aware that I should check in with myself often. Is it certain things that trigger you, like new events or like what triggers the anxiety? My anxiety, um, I think what what used to trigger it as a youngster um, with, will be the fear of failing, okay. right? Um, so the fear of not doing well the fear of I'm an I'm an old, older okay. child and there's an expectation. At least that's that's what I told myself, right? There's an expectation for me to do well. There's an expectation because there are other people depending on me. You must set the trend. Right, tada, right? And then I had people in my very small circle. I'm a church girl. I grew up as a church girl and people in my church circles were very smart. At least that's how it appeared to be, right, at the time. And, um, and like, how do I, you know, how? How do I 
stack up against these people mm. um and so that i think you know was really a big part of why so that's actually interesting because you know what you know what you find is that so many of us are busy assuming other people have it together assuming other people expect things of us right. and we spend a lot of our times fighting these internal battles mm -hmm. based on assumptions of what other people are doing or thinking about us absolutely and do you think that's natural or that's taught you know nature or nurture wow that's a powerful question um i think it's a little bit of both um i think where we learn to become or to model we model other people we model what we see we become what we see Right. So if our circle, um, the people who are uh, were exposed to our little bubble, they're doing particular things. That's what that's an expectation that we set for ourselves as well. And and those are the expectations our caregiver set for uh, certainly our caregivers, whether it's our parents or teachers or auntie or grandmother or whoever. Um, they are the ones who kind of tell you, gave you the narrative. This is how you ought to be. This is what you should pursue, you know? Um, and so you just, you don't have anything else. It's very much learned. What happens now on the individual part, it becomes the natural. Now, do I accept this? Because some people are very different from their environment, Yeah. right? Do I accept this to be my norm or do I be a complete rebel and do something completely different or seek something else because there's something inside of you that tells you that this is not it? Yeah. So it's, a, you know, it's a little bit about. It's interesting it's about being a rebel because in our society, we tend to tell, we tend to tell children to, to be quiet, don't speak up. Mm -hmm. And us as adults would always speak up, mm -hmm. right? And so something I heard at church a few weeks ago was a pastor saying, if a child is talking, if a child is speaking up, if a child is asking questions, don't tell them to shh, mm. allow them to speak up mm -hmm. because leaders speak. Mm -hmm. and if you want to raise a leader, allow them to speak. That's right. And it's it's so unfortunate that we often don't do that. Mm -hmm. But allowing people to express themselves is also what I think can allow people to not have quote-unquote mental issues going forward because they're not keeping everything inside. Right, right. That's very true. And, and I think... I love that the pastor said that, and there's so much truth in it. I mean, in, in being able to express yourself in a very authentic way, you know, and teaching it from a, a very early age is important because as children, and, and I don't know if you notice it yet, um, I have 10-year-olds, mm -hmm. right? Um, and when they were youngster, youngsters, they really like to express themselves. Now that they're close to being teenagers, mm. um, they want to speak less. They want they don't want to be in the limelight, um, and because society is already telling them that they are not normal. And if they have thoughts that are not mainstream, right. don't express yourself. They're already so our responsibility as parents is to give them the opportunity and enable them to just be themselves yeah don't be afraid don't be afraid to speak up so you are a life coach yes i right? am and so do you think that everybody needs to have a life coach or do you think that certain people should get one i think at some point in your life you should have somebody who is a coach mm -hmm. there are a couple of things i believe i believe you need a coach you need a mentor and you need somebody like a cheerleader in your corner if you're lucky you can get two in one Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I think it's really important to have a coach um, that can hold you accountable. 
that can ask you the hard questions without leading. And that's what coaching is all about. Because as a coach, we believe you have the answers. You have the answers to everything. I'm not a counselor. Right. Right. I don't try and... I I mean, I can psychoanalyze you, but that's not what I try and do as a coach, right? Um, And I can look at everything, all the facts that you're giving me and come up with my own conclusion. But those conclusions are based on my own life and my own prejudices and you know what I mean? All of that. But as a life coach, we believe that you have all the answers that you're asking yourself. But my responsibility is now to ask you those hard questions that are in your blind spot that you don't know that you ought to ask yourself, yeah. right? Um, and so at some point in time in our lives, we need to have a coach. The coach help us to, to pass those barriers that might be holding us back from this simple, sometimes small decisions, small goals, small things that you need to get done and you, you realize you cannot, whatever is stopping you, yeah. whether it's a mental block, whether it's your past, whatever it is, um, and a coach can help you to do that. So absolutely. Um, I think it's important for someone to find a mentor as well, somebody who has done it um, and can guide based on their own experiences. And what and, and it's so important to also have a cheerleader. Your mentor can be a cheerleader mm-hmm. and your coach can be a cheerleader. So that's the great part, right? Um, and a cheerleader is a person who kind of pushes you and yeah, you're doing the right thing and, you know, um, but yeah, at some point. Yeah, it's interesting. So unfortunately, we grew up thinking that if we see a psychologist or have a mentor or a coach, maybe there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I need a coach because I can't do something. Mm-hmm. And we, we tend to fool ourselves into thinking that people who get help, either A, something is wrong with them, mm-hmm. or they haven't earned it in quotes. Right. And I th- what you said a while ago is interesting. A mentor who has already done it and mm-hmm. who can help you and help you along the way. Right, right. Um, okay. Do you find that more men come to you or females? Well, that's a good one. It depends. So I do a bit of business coaching. Most of my business coaching clients are men. Okay. Um, I do life coaching. And then most clients that I've had under the life coaching umbrella are women. (laughs) Uh, But I also do accountability coaching, which is me just helping you to identify your goals, A, B, C, D, F, G. And every week we do a check-in. Are you there yet? If you haven't done it yet, mm-hmm. this is the delay. This is what's going to happen. What are we going to do? Let's re let's reset mm-hmm. and so on. So it's very straightforward and, um, and very specific towards a very specific goal, right? Um, and I have men and women yeah. who come to me for that. Yeah. Right. So why did you choose to become a life coach? I don't think I chose it. I think it absolutely <laughs> chose me. Okay. Um, so if you have if you, you come from a Christian background, you'll completely understand what I'm gonna say next. Life coaching is a very new world kind of weird thing, right? And most definitely when I heard about it for the very first time, I'm like, okay. Similarly to most yeah. Jamaicans, is all right, that's cool, but you know, what is that? You know? Um and for a little while, I was exposed to it, but didn't really touch it at all. And uh, long story, very cut, very short. I got exposed to it through a program that's called Landmark. Know that, yeah, you know, yeah, Landmark. Yeah. So I was exposed 
to coaching through landmark we went to a very intense three-day retreat um, at landmark and and i went very with one eye open and squinge yeah. up back like i don't trust this yeah. what is this yeah. i don't want anybody to make me cry i'm good i'm a cry baby naturally so i don't like setting up myself why yeah. right um and i chase for me i like to chase happiness mm -hmm. i will chase smiles and a good time all the time so anything that's going to make me go into this emotional space of bawling and thing you can forget about it <clears throat> well went to went to landmark the most amazing experience um, at the end of it i wasn't fully convinced yet but what happened is that the floodgates opened and i started to get confirmation from people around me about being a life coach mm. and it was incredible it was so incredible that i remember i got arrested one evening i was on my way at the time we lived out um in caymanos and i was on my way from from work to came to home which took about 45 minutes to yeah. all on a good day and um I was talking to a girlfriend and she, our usual conversation, you know, I'm listening to her, I'm helping her, I'm, I'm doing all the things that I do naturally, right? right? And she goes, Fel boy, you really should be a life coach. The truth is, the day before that, somebody else said the exact same mm. thing to me. And I remember by the time I got home, I was weeping, I was in tears, right? And um, I prayed. I remember I, I sat down on my veranda and I just started to pray. I went into my house in my bedroom and I just started pacing and I just started praying. A bunch of times I said, God, what is this? And that's where it started. So it chose me, right? Because no, I've up until that time I've never heard of a Christian life coach. Okay, yeah, okay. And I, I don't I don't brand myself as a Christian life coach. I'm a Christian who happens to be a life coach, right? right? Um, so it was it. That's how it happened. Pretty much kind of landed on me. Do you do you feel like a, a lot of responsibility? So somebody comes to you and you're speaking to them and you're guiding them, asking them questions. Do you feel like extremely responsible to not say the wrong thing to them and guide them on the wrong path? No. No? I don't have that feeling at all. Like I said, all the answers is within the person. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, so even though we're having the conversation, it's me asking you things and you're going... Like your aha moments happen often with a coach. Okay. You have more, uh, oh, yes. And sometimes it's just being there for them to speak yeah. openly. And, 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 and the more they talk to me and the more I ask, the more they have, oh, yes, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So I don't get to, initially, when I didn't have the tools, the proper tools, I think I was uncomfortable. Suppose I tell them to do X, Y, Z and it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But now that I understand my role as a coach, I don't feel that way at all. Yeah. Do you think that people need to be comfortable being vulnerable to have a life coach? Yes. Yes. If you're not vulnerable, you're not ready for a life coach. It's as simple as that because if you need help, you have to be completely honest with the person who you're talking to. You can't, yeah. you can't like tiptoe around it and hide. And, and usually a coach can tell when you're not being up fully yeah. upfront. Yeah. It's, I find that not many people. So I used to assume 
that everybody was willing to be vulnerable and willing to be self-aware of what they have or have not done. And somebody said to me, not everybody is self-aware or not everybody is willing to go down the road of being self-aware because you now have to say, okay, I built this wall. It's not working because of me. Mm -hmm. I did something wrong. And yes. then the journey of, okay, why did I build it wrong? When I was 10 years old, somebody told me something and it hurt me and I kept it inside. Right, and right. It's, do you think that that unwillingness to be open is taught or it's natural? I think it's natural. I think we don't want to be, we don't want to admit that we are wrong. Okay. It is, as you say, willing to be open and vulnerable and understanding that this was right or this was wrong or could have made a different decision or whatever it is, is something that like I battled with before becoming a coach. The same reason I didn't want to go to Landmark. Mm -hmm. I ended up going, but I didn't want to go. I was not interested in crying. I wasn't yeah. interested in tapping into that part of myself that would make me vulnerable. Right. I don't want to be exposed. I don't want people to judge me. I don't want to be in front. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. hanging out all your dirty clothes yeah, right. for the world to see. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah. It's interesting. I mean... <clears throat> Have you found that since being vulnerable and opens up your dirty laundry in quotes, that it makes no difference? What people think doesn't matter. It's it's I mean, I have found that by being open, by being honest, by being vulnerable, it has caused no negative. It's yeah. only caused positive. Yeah. It's like one of those things where if you're afraid of doing something, you do you realize, oh, it's not that big deal. Yeah. That's it. That is it. Nobody the truth is I ask myself and I ask people all the time, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Okay, you got hit when you're a child. Do you know what sharing does? Sharing heals. Yes, correct. Sharing heals. And if you are interested, less interested in what the judgment that comes to us, I'm more interested in healing, then you lean correct. towards healing. Yeah. Right? And I really sincerely believe that when we share and we open up our mouths about what, what we've gone through and what we're going through, it helps to heal other people. Correct. Yeah. Now, this is what I believe is true. I believe God put us on the earth to impact the world, to use our gifts and talents to impact the world in a positive way. Right? That's what I believe we're here for. And if we all receive that and accept that um, as our destiny and our purpose, then all this judgment and shame and thing that we put our own thing will will stop. Yeah. Will be less, actually. It won't go away because what we went through is real. You know, it's not fake, it's real, it's real. But there's so much people who need your reality, who need and, and you get to heal as well. It's twofold. it's twofold. You get to heal and people get to heal too. Yeah, I think the biggest lie that we tell ourselves is that we're the only one going through yeah. it. And once you realize that everybody is going through something, yeah. everybody is going through pain, everybody is going through hurt, it it shouldn't be the reason why, yeah. but it allows you to open up a bit more because you realize that I'm not unique. Yeah. And if I if I express to somebody that I'm having a hard time in, some, in thing A, 
it will help other people going through thing A. Mm-hmm. But the person who I'm speaking to directly will probably feel comfortable opening about opening up about their thing B. Yeah. Because everybody is going through something. I'm gonna be honest with you though. Here's what's true. Some people, and especially it depends on the role that that person is playing in your life, mm-hmm. are not willing to allow you to be that way. Mm-hmm. Because they're not willing to allow themselves to be that way. And so if, they, if you are that way with them, they will use it as a weapon against you. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. Right? Um, so discernment is important. So if you have a platform, like sometimes I have a platform where I have lots of people's ears. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I can be vulnerable. I can be vulnerable about my past, about my pains and so on. But if I'm in a situation with an individual, it may not benefit me in that relationship Mm -hmm. to be that way. Okay. Okay. So we have to use discernment as to how much you are willing to share about certain things, right? So, so, So it's important to be authentic. So I'm not saying to, you know, to be fake, but certainly be very careful who you're sharing, I call it my pearls with. Okay. Right? So there's a scripture that says, don't throw your pearls among swines. Right. Not calling people swines. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's it's just the idea around, if this thing is there and important to you and it's delicate, because pearls are like delicate yeah. things, right? Then do not throw it to someone who doesn't know how to take care of it. Right, right. Very important. Right. Yes. Okay. That's very important. I like that. Um, so is this life coaching thing the only thing that you're doing? No. <laughs> what, what else so, are you doing? so I consider myself a full-time entrepreneur Okay. and a full-time nine-to-five professional. Okay. All right. So I'm full-time all the way and I'm a full-time mom. I'm a full-time wife. I'm full-time lots of things, right? <laughs> um, and I'll tell you the reason why I do not call it a part-time or a side mm-hmm. hustle or anything because it is full-time. I want it to be big in my life. I do not want to give it a small portion of who I am. It is who I am. And the truth is, if I was a a practicing life coach, I would be practicing my gift in the environment that I work. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's not like a shut-off. They go to work night and they go to work night to yeah. I'm always this person. I'm always looking on the brighter side. I'm always asking the hard questions. I'm always, you know what I mean, this person. So yeah. So I am I'm a night to fiver. I'm how, a professional. How is it how is it juggling both? <clears throat> well, to be honest, it's hard. Um, but I really believe in boundaries. I believe in setting boundaries for myself. Mm-hmm. So I do. I work in marketing. That's my background. That's my education. And that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. Right. Um, And if you know anything about marketing, it's a round the clock job. Yeah. Right. Um, There are seasons when it's not round the clock, but some seasons, you know, you'll have to be around the clock. Um, So it, it can be hard, but I believe in drawing the line and having boundaries. And I have to do it for my family as well. So if I can and when I can, 
I have a time where I cut off because there's a philosophy that is true and I hold. There are 24 hours in a day, only 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And if you are a parent, if you're a student, if you're a professional, and if you're an entrepreneur, you, and you need to get all those things done in a 24-hour bracket, staying at work longer than you need to, that means the other things in your life will yeah. have less time. Correct. Correct. So you have to make a decision. Do you stay past 5 o'clock? Or do you go, okay, it's 5 o'clock, and I'll be back tomorrow. Exactly. Right? And if what I'm doing can wait until tomorrow, then it will wait until tomorrow. My phone, my, my work phone, doesn't stay on past that time as well. Mm. That means I'm also unavailable on my phone. And if you send me an email or WhatsApp, having to do with something that can be done tomorrow, I'm not going to read it. Those are my boundaries. Mm -hmm. If, however, we're in a season of these deadlines and something must and there's a campaign going on and da 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 then I understand and I have to make a very strong decision. I understand now I have to give work more time. What that means is I can coach. I have to coach less. I have less time with my children. Mm -hmm. I have less time with my husband. I have less time for myself. I have less time for God. Mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. what that means yeah but it cannot be the norm it cannot be this is my way of being forever and ever amen because then my life will be out of balance and out of harmony yeah exactly exactly so yes i'm not a stickler and say boy only go figure it out you know because me done <laughs> right no I, I get it sometimes i have to adjust myself and so that i am available for work because certainly god also provided this job which is also funding my life. Yeah. Right? And I have the responsibility for showing up for yeah. my job. But oftentimes, we don't set our boundaries because we think somebody else is going to say something else. Or we have this idea because our boss does X, Y, we should do it too. No, our boss chose. Yeah. They get to choose to answer their emails at 2 o'clock in the morning. I didn't choose that for myself. Right. That was not in the agreement. Right. Mind you, you can send me a message at two o'clock in the morning and I will not be offended. Just know that it now until it. Yeah. I think that that type of internal responsibility everyone needs to get to knowing that whatever it is, it's just 24 hours a day. And if you're in an environment, a nine to five environment that doesn't respect your boundaries, you also have the right to step away from it. You would have to stay in an environment that is not working with your own internal boundaries. Yeah. Because, again, you become a, in quote, slave to the environment. Mm -hmm. And then you can't live your life. You can't spend yeah. time with your family. You can't yeah. start your own business. Yeah. And you end up 65 Miserable. begging for one more year mm -hmm. at the office because you don't have any retirement plan. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, the reality is, and for those who are listening may ask yourself, then how do I fund my life if I choose to, to leave? There is a, a meme going around um, on social media with somebody holding up a sign that says, if you're unhappy with your job and he flipped it, then leave. Mm -hmm. That's a big statement. <laughs> it is. It is. Because most of us have mortgages. Correct. And car notes. And depending on where you are in the stage of your life, you have some big expenses. Yep. 
right? And that's a reality. The truth is, if you must stay in that circumstance, you have to set your boundaries. Yeah. And you have to set them and be like, be so clear about those boundaries. Um, there is a co-worker that, that I experienced early when, when I'm working for, when I started to work for the company that I'm working with now. And uh, he was climbing, you know, the corporate ladder. He's very smart. He was doing his stuff. But one thing was sure, when he started his very young family, don't call him to a meeting after five o'clock. Right. He doesn't accept any meeting after five o'clock and on a weekend. So we would call him all the time because it's marketing. Why well, I have something on a weekend? He's like, I'm very sorry. Yep. I'd love to, but I'm unavailable. Yep. So he made sure he made time for his family mm -hmm. and for himself by setting those boundaries. Now that his children, his, his children are older and he's, you know what I mean? You see him coming out a little bit more. So he has relaxed or set new boundaries for himself. Um, and I took that as a very powerful example. We didn't work in the same department. I watched him from afar. Yeah. But that was a very powerful example for me because he was still climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah. He was still being promoted. And up until this day, he's a pretty senior person. Now, what that says to me is you set your boundaries and you stick to your boundaries and you perform well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people associate performing well with hours of work. Yes. And it's two separate it's things. two different things. And I also think that we don't put the same discipline into ourselves that we put into somebody else's job, Absolutely. right? So whether this is exercise, eating well, starting your own company, doing your own business, whatever it is, yeah. we will more likely bend over backwards to get to a meeting than say, I need to wake up earlier to prepare a meal right. so I eat healthy today right. Right. or start my own business. Yeah. And if you think about it, if you were to shave off that extra two hours a day that we spend late at work, 10 hours a week. If I was spending that 10 hours a week in my own business, mm -hmm. where would that where be? Where would it be? If I spent that 10 hours a week reading a book, where would I be? Yeah. Exercising. I don't know. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. You know what it is though? It's, it's a habit forming thing that happens in human beings, right? We create these habits and it's almost all right. Let me give you a good example. When you drive out of your home, right, and you're going to work, right, and you drive that path every single day, mm -hmm. Saturday morning coming and you go in the opposite direction, but guess what? You drive the same you path. You drive the same and go, where am I going yeah, again? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's this path that's easy to travel every single time. Mm -hmm. So you come to this path, this junction, and instead of going left, you're always going to go right, mm -hmm. unless you make an effort yeah. to go left. Yeah. And so it's the same thing with our, our behavior um, and the things that we do. The reason why we bend over backward for work, second point is we know it. Mm -hmm. We know what to do, even if it sucks. We know that when we go in at eight o'clock for argument's sake, or we log in for eight o'clock, right? We know that we're going to check emails. We're going to mm. respond to emails. We're going to do this project plan. There's we're a gonna, routine. There's a routine that we know very well that was created over time. And he, people before you also did the same thing. And in, in, in many countries in the world, 
everybody doing the same thing, right? Yeah. When it comes to your own business or when it comes to your own goals, you have to create new paths. Yeah. You have to create new habits, new processes. It's hard because the brain just wants to lean into the old thing. Yeah. This is easier. The comfort zone. In your comfort zone. It is the hardest thing to break because the neural pathways in your brain is already set. The only way to change them is to be conscious of the habits that you have. And you have to be deliberate about replacing that with a new habit. Yeah. If you don't do that, it will never change. You will stay stuck. If, if it is that you want to leave your 9 to 5 and go into, a, a, into your passion and, and, and whatever it is, you have to change those habits. Yeah. Because if you don't change them, you're going to keep doing it. Before you know it, you're 6 to 5 in the same role going, I have no retirement plan. Yeah. For me, I've always battled with being an employee versus an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And the thing that took it over the edge for me was in a previous role, I was on the retirement committee. Mm. And every year, you get these list of people who... I ask for one more year. Yeah. So 66, just give it one more year. 67, give it one more year. And at the time, it was a government company. At the time, we were extending maximum five years. I said, every year, there's one. Just give it one more. Give it one mm -hmm. more. And again, I don't know if it's financial or if it was just, what am I going to do? Yeah. But they spent their entire life at this company and had no other plan. Yeah. No other plan. Even, even if they had the money, they had no other plan, plan. no like okay what do i do next yeah, yeah and it's so my next question is being an employee versus being an owner mm -hmm. what do you tell your kids what do you think the plan is what do you think do you think being an employee is natural yes okay i do think um some people are built to be employees okay um and want to do nothing else but that and that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's perfectly. We can't have only we can't can can't only have employers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then being an entrepreneur is not something that's easy. Mm -hmm. um, it is most definitely uh, it comes with a broad shoulder. Yeah, you know you're carrying a lot as an entrepreneur. So I don't think it's I think it's what you're what you're called to be. Okay, you know. Um, so if you're an employee. Then do it and do and enjoy it and climb and and experience life in amazing ways. You know what I mean. One one isn't better than the other. The only time one becomes better than the other is if you're really called to be an entrepreneur and you're an employee. Right. You know. Um. So yeah, it just depends on the person. To be honest. Yesterday, I I went out to eat somewhere and I met somebody who. He said he was in his industry for decades and he always had this dream to open this place right mm -hmm. where he is now and he said you know the stats is like 95 percent of people or higher are in a job and unhappy they mm -hmm. don't want to be there right. etc right so like what advice do you give people or what questions do you ask your clients mm -hmm. who are in a quote-unquote dead end who feel as if this job is it or yeah. shouldn't be it but they don't have the courage to go on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, that's a good 
That's a good question because I've had, um, I do career coaching um, for professionals, either who want to transition out of the nine to five um, into a completely new career or um, just change, you know. And usually what I start with is where do you want to go? Most times they don't know. Mm. And that's where the, that's where we have to start. What do you want for yourself? All right, so you don't know what job you want to go into yet. But what do you want for yourself? How about in your mind, starting to create the life that you want, the career that you want? What does it look like? What does the result look like? So that's what we go for first is, what does your life look like now when you're in you're happy. You feel like you're happy and fun high functioning and you're doing what you want to do and, and, and so on. What does your life look like? What does your emotion look like? Yeah. What does your physical environment look like? What does your love life look like? What you you know what I mean? You start yeah. asking those very specific questions and the trick is not to be vague. The trick is to be very descriptive. And I always say to my clients to dream in 3D. Mm. Like you can touch it and you can feel it. Yeah. There's there's an activity that I like to go through with my clients. is It's called visioning. And it's literally closing your eyes and going and living in your life as you want it to be. In a very, not a very general way, but a very, descri very descriptive way. Right. Um, imagine yourself in that house, in the bedroom, on the sheets. How does it feel? What does the wind feel like blowing on your face? So a complete visioning exercise, because what that does is explode your senses. It explode a part of your brain because sometimes you well, your brain generally and scientifically um, proven cannot differentiate dream from reality. Oh, okay. Wow. So that's why when you're dreaming, sometimes when the dream is so violent or you're dreaming of fighting right. somebody, you feel like, you know, you get up either, you know, you know, inhaling and exhaling so hard or in cold sweat, whatever it is. So it's so important to trick your brain into believing that it is experiencing reality. So that's your visioning. Once we get to where you want to go, then you have to ask yourself, all right, that felt amazing. And that's what usually happens when we do the visioning exercise. You're like, wow, that's an amazing feeling because yeah. it, it triggers all the emotions, all of them. Um, then you now have to go, okay, how am I going to get there? How can I feel happy and high performing? Right? How am I going to get there? And this is where now we go through, we do some practical things. So we come off of the hairy-fairy yeah, yeah. and we come down to some real practical things. I like to do personality tests, right? Disc profile, mm -hmm. 16 personality. They're, they're all over the place these days, right? So you do your personality test to examine your real strengths. Know that you've been in a corporate world for a while or doing what you're doing for a while. I say do this test because now you're a little bit more mature than if you're a student, right? If you did it as a student, I would always recommend to do it again as you're working. You, you, you develop different kinds of muscles, yeah. right? Um, you do those tests. They can be free. The Tony Robbins this pro, free this profile is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and then it gives you what you're good at, 
your strengths, your weaknesses, what areas you should improve on, how you should improve on them, mm-hmm. what areas should that what areas your strengths and weakness would work best in. All of that good stuff come from that, right? And I love to start there. Well, that that's my second thing that I like to tell people to do. And I tell them to take that away, evaluate, evaluate it, sit with it. Um, how does it feel? Does that is this you? And some people do not agree. Mm. But that doesn't mean it's not them. Yeah. They see themselves different from what it you know, the world see them. They as. can't even envision themselves like that. Right. Right. Um, once uh, my once you've done that, my recommendation is start to pull out areas that you think would intrigue you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it may make recommendation to be a health professional or to be a coach or to be whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Pull out the things that will intrigue you. And then you look on where you are. You look on the skills you have. Um, and the skills, and then you look on the skills you need, and then you look in the middle and say, how do I fill that gap? Right? Um, so that's, that's kind of, and there's something miraculous that happens when you start to go on this journey of self-discovery, which is what this is. Mm. Is you start noticing things that you've never noticed before. Why? Because you're expanding your bubble. Yeah. You're expanding your perspective perspective you're seeing things outside of your little all those things in your blind spot yeah they just start coming into full focus and that's really important to do self-discovery because where you start is not where you end yeah you know so once you can do that and you can look on okay i, I may need to to upskill in this area or i may need to change my skill completely um or get some new skill sets whatever it is, right? Then you want to ask yourself, no, are you willing to do the work? Because now we do all of this yeah. fantastic dreaming and developing and exploring and thing. You have to ask yourself, am I willing to do the work? If you're willing to do the work, then prepare to do it, yeah. you know, and get it done. Um, and that's how you, you move. That's how you transition. I cannot imagine any other way. You can try doing other things, because you, but you will end up on the same hamster wheel you're trying to yeah. avoid. I think, I mean, that's totally right. And I usually, I usually think or tell people that you have to be exposed to other things, right? But you're exposing yourself to it by a dreaming, which mm-hmm. is totally, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Yes. Um, so like for me, there are days I'll, especially during COVID, I'll jump a lot to the school and instead of going directly to work or coming directly back home, I'd stop somewhere, I'd stop at a cafe blue or mm-hmm. somewhere, I'd just sit down. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't drink coffee. I don't sit down to eat or drink. I'm sitting down to observe because that's, that's the lifestyle I want mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I'm not rushing to work in the morning right. in traffic. Right. I'm sitting, having some coffee, talking to a friend, etc. And I'm sitting at cafe blue and I'm experiencing what other people are experiencing. I said, okay, this is the life I want. Mm-hmm. Now, to your point, let's get practical about it. I don't have a rich uncle. Right. I don't have a nest egg. <laughs> therefore, right. I know how to put in the steps. Right. But everything said is true. Once you... A lot of people are living thinking that this life that they see on TV or they see other people living, 
at least drugs, so therefore right. they, they, they demonize it. Yes. Most of the drugs are scamming yes. because there's no way that person exactly. living a good life exactly. demonize it or they think that you have to be born a particular mm-hmm. way to get it or that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And so therefore they mentally restrict themselves mm-hmm. from ever reaching there mm-hmm. because they just can't see it. Yeah. And so there are other steps that you just say is really important yeah. because you have to realize that it's more than possible yeah. and then realize that it's going it, to... You're seeing somebody at the tail end of a journey. Right, exactly. And they took the steps to get where they are. Therefore, you have to do the same thing. It's not going to be easy, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. Absolutely. Pretty interesting. Yeah. So, what would you... You're here where you are now, yes. right? What advice would you give your younger self as it relates to your 20s and 30s? You know, what at the age have done differently? Or what do you what advice will you give yourself about life and what to expect and you know what will you tell somebody else in that age group now? My younger self, ha, huh, my younger self was um was a treat. Um I had a five year, ten year, fifteen year plan. Okay. And come high or low waters, that's what nobody's going to stop. You can ask my husband, mm-hmm. right? I intend, my expectation is to be married by a particular age, right? And mind you, I may have been off many times by one or two years, but I was okay with that because I knew where I was going, right? right? I did not allow myself room for things to happen naturally, organically, and beautifully, mm-hmm. right? I, I did not give myself room. I, I said, okay, we're doing this, and when we're doing it, and let's do it now. It's the waiting thing now work with mm-hmm. me, Right? And so if I were to tell my younger my younger self, now that I am older, I'm 46 years old, um, what I would say is sometimes give room for the beautiful to happen. Um, it is important to have these grand dreams and it is also important to have a plan, but make room for the beautiful to happen. Um, beautiful memories come from that. And I think if you learn that at an at a early age, when you're older, when you're, you're about to, to touch your 40s, which I want to, to, to speak to, when you're about to touch your 40s in your late 30s, you're not panicking yeah. because you have written down, you have a script, especially professional women. Mm-hmm. You have a particular script that you're following, right, um, that you've never seen anyone do before. But because it's not like for me, my parents didn't come from university or anything. They worked Mm -hmm. hard to send me to school and so on. So I'm very clear that I am creating a script for myself that I've never seen modeled. You're breaking the mold. I'm breaking the mold, right? Um, But when you you reach your 40s or near it, there's something amazing. And you can tell me if this happened for men, right? But I know it happens for women. You get, it's almost an epiphany. We're like... Is this it? I did everything that I was supposed to do, right? I went to school. I bought a car. I bought a house. I bought maybe another one. I got married. I had children. And I grew in my corporate job. And then you're like, what? (laughs) What happens next? Right? So when you allow things to happen beautifully, you get to grow on this journey we call life because life, it's not a destination. Yeah. It is a journey. And we have to stop to kind of do the hippie thing. 
You know what I mean? Stop and touch and smell the roses. Yeah. Stop and, and take in some nice music. And, you know, relax a little bit sometimes. It's not always. You can't be wound up tight all the time going, going, going. So I tell my, my younger self, relax. You know, um, allow life to, to feed you. Um, yeah. That's one of the major things. There's so many things I tell my natural my <laughs> younger self and... I wouldn't, if I had to go out, go back, I wouldn't change. Mm. I wouldn't change because the lessons I learned to be where I'm at now, I wouldn't have learned it. Mind you, my God is really big and wonderful. And regardless of what path I would have taken, he would have brought me to where I mm. needed to be. Um, but I do believe that, you know, sometimes we have to just relax a little bit. <laughs> it's, um, it's funny. Um, <clears throat> You know, Nike slogan, as simple as it is, is just do it. Right. It's a real thing. Yeah. And, you know, I watched a YouTube video of persons that they're destined to die. Right. So they have right. that they're going to die. Right. And everybody gave the same feedback. Just enjoy yourself. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where not until, unfortunately, in that situation, yeah. you don't realize that just do it. It really makes no difference. Yeah. If life is going to happen anyway. I have to just do what you want to do, enjoy yourself, um, etc. So you ask the question, do I go through the same thing? I speak for myself. Yes. Right. There, there is a literal reason why this is called the What Next podcast. Yes. Because you're right. You, if you're lucky enough, and, and not everybody is right, but if you're lucky enough to achieve everything you said a while ago, the host, the spouse, the kids, you're in your forties, and you're like. Is this a plan for the next 30 years? Yes. The exact same thing? <laughs> because you are working towards these goals. Right. You achieve them. And the other goals that you want to achieve are all materialistic goals. Right. So I want right. a fancier car or I yeah. want a second, third, fourth house, whatever the case yeah. is. But there aren't goals that really give you happiness inside. Right. Right. And so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's what do you do next in life. Yeah. And... I think that it happens to everybody and it's important that when you're hit with that question that you do something about it. Mm -hmm. Too many people get the question and just stay stagnant. Yeah. They don't actually do anything. Right. And I think that is the... I've worked in so many companies where you can see it. Yes. You can see the people who they, for lack of a better word, plateaued. Mm -hmm. 15 years ago mm -hmm. at a company at a position and for whatever reason they have never tried something else right. they've never stepped out right. they've never said okay something else and i think that it's it's unfortunate yeah. i won't say sad but it's unfortunate because there is there's so much more that you can do yeah. there's so much more that you can be and simultaneously you see the people who Yes, I've been in this exact same career position for the past 20 years. But when you speak to them outside of the office, it's, yeah, I, I coach these 10 kids over here. I mentor this. And so, right. yes, the, the career is just a career, but right. you're living your life. Yes. yes. And so the point I want to make is not just about the career. It is what are you doing with your life? Yes. I don't care or you shouldn't care if you're in the exact same position. Right. It is what am I doing yes. with my life? So when... Retirement comes like, yeah, I retire because I want to coach more. Right. I want to do this more, exactly. to do that more. Exactly. That's very important. Yes. Um, okay. You're a life coach. You have all these businesses. Where can people find you? How can yes. people contact you? Well, I'm easy to find. Okay. Um, 
email address Felicia, which is F-E-L-E-C-I-A at visionme.com. Mm-hmm. That's how you can find me. I'm on Instagram. That's where I have lots of my content. Um, I do quite a bit of helping and tips and how to live your best life, how to be productive, how to work through emotional, negative emotions. It's everything that um, we all go through and of course my handle is felicia williams f-e-l-e-c-i-a williams easy to find i'm on linkedin as well um and facebook awesome and what's the website www.visionmenow.com awesome thank you very much i appreciate it thank you so much for having me thank you thank you thank you so much for listening to this conversation if you enjoyed it and you want to dive into a similar what next episode check out the links in the podcast description or head to the whatnextpodcast.com. And remember, make it your mission to make somebody else's day better.